0: Um, and you know, I didn't know how to answer that for a while, but uh, I've practiced that for 30 years, so I'm, I'm, I'm very very good at that now. <laughs> then uh, I usually will give a, give a kind of a paradigm shifting study uh, or a comment that will then lead, and usually that's like a, talking about the exodus or now it's very easy. I say, well, you know. Blue zones, uh, six different areas in the world where people live longer and we're one of those and everybody kind of knows who we are. I don't have to say much to get right into studying with people now, but 30 years ago it was a little different. Um, then the next thing is, how can I learn more about science and the scriptures? And so then I go through a sequence of studies going Daniel one through six. And Daniel one through six are, are just the best studies to use for people with health. Um, I can't really think of anything better than that. In fact, this is a little interesting aside. As I started going through those with people, there was a man who came to one of our seminars who then went out to Southern California and joined Rick Warren's church and showed him about that, and then Rick Warren came up with the Daniel Plan. But the Daniel Plan actually originated with the Adventists, really. And then uh, Rick Warren heard about it through this person who came to our seminar. I thought it was interesting. What is the rest of Daniel about? Usually one through six is non-sectarian. You can study that with anybody, Um, and it's, you know, Judeo, Christian, and Islam, anybody will resonate with Daniel 1 through 6. And then 7 through 12, uh, I went through and began to develop how to study those all from a health angle. And I may come back to that later. And once that's finished, then I show the connection between Revelation chapter 10 and Daniel 12. And once they see that, then every chapter in the book of Revelation, chapter 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, all has a health angle. So you can study all these through a health perspective. And I might say that you should, because it's actually more interesting. And none of the metaphors really can be understood in most of these chapters without understanding something about health. Babylon is fallen, is fallen, because she made all nations drink of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. Well, you need to know what fornication is. You need to know what wine is. You need to know what wrath is. And all those have health angles. When you get to, uh, you know, Revelation chapter 11, uh, where our Lord, Sodom and Egypt, where our Lord also was crucified. Well, you have to know what Sodom is and Egypt is. And this is right during the French Revolution, which in 1791 was the first state ever to pass a law that was pro-homosexual. It's the first state, first government to ever really do that in the modern time. And um, that's the modern time. I'll talk about in the sixth century um, uh, BC tomorrow in my Sabbath sermon. So anyway, So that's kind of an overview of health to him. And then, um, basically, then, um, Revelation 1. Revelation 1 is a summary of all Adventist beliefs in one chapter, all the major ones. Uh, And so, just to give you a brief overview, Revelation 1 1 to 3 is the scriptures. Uh, which were sent by an angel signified to his servant John, who bore witness to the word of God. Blessed is he who reads, here and keep the word of God. So that's number one. And that's also the foundation of science. I may come back to that. I think I put that in this lecture. Science did not originate in any culture except Judeo- Judeo-Christian cultures. Why, do, we, uh, why do, do people from Asian countries come to America to study? Why don't we not send people to China to study science or India? I'm not trying to be inflammatory. It was only in the last 30 years that you could study, send someone there to study that because they didn't have that before. Western civilization. It was Judeo-Christian fruit of Judeo-Christian study of the Bible. I'm gonna come back to that to show you that. This is very important to know, by the way, when you're dealing with people because a lot of people are down on religion these days and they're down on spirituality because they, they simply don't understand with, uh, about what they're up on came from. They don't know where it came from. They think that science kind of originated is it, is it on its own, okay? and it did not. So, um, and I think there's, I, I'm writing a new book right now called The Bible and Hate Speech, because there's about four or five different things that if you don't cover them with people, they're not gonna listen to your, your Bible presentations. You, they're not gonna listen. Because the culture is attacking the Bible right now. If you don't answer the creation, evolution question, if you don't answer the science question, if you don't answer the LGBT question, if you don't answer the women question, and if you don't answer the slavery question, they're not listening to you. So those five things, right? What does the Bible say about uh, creation versus evolution? What does it say about science? What does it say about women? What does it say about slavery? What does it say about Uh, what was the other one? LGBT. So you're not going to listen. So these Daniel studies, I have a few of these left in like a DVD form, but you might have an old DVD player. So if you wanted those, these kind of have a uh, the scriptural side and then also a little science lecture with them. And then I do have a, this is my newest thing. Uh, which I'll come to that tonight and you'll really see this, but this is actually showing how I led one patient all the way through an inpatient intensive program. Okay, so this is the story of Tom, who is an atheist, and how I led him through that entire program and how he became a believer in 10 days. And it's got question and answers in the back. All my graduate students at where I teach now, this is their, their textbook. Um, so we, we restarted Weimar University. It was a college, it was not accredited. Now it's accredited, now, now it has two graduate programs. And all of these programs are working integrated fashion, like we heard earlier in a presentation, between a depression and anxiety recovery program, which meets for 10 days, eight times a year. We're going to go up to 10 times this year. Um, And then a New Start program, which is an 18-day program that that meets 12 times. We have 50 baptisms um, from the New Start program every year, and we have about 50 to 70 baptisms from the Depression Recovery Program. Um, We re-baptize people, too. Uh, I think I've probably re-baptized, I don't know, maybe 20, 20 ministers. Um, because they don't have anywhere else to turn. When they come to us, they can tell us the stuff they're dealing with that they can't tell anyone else. And they're very grateful. I mean, when I see them, they give me a big hug, you know, because, uh, well, you can understand why. So anyway, Revelation 1, 1 to 3 is the Scriptures. Uh, Verse 4 to 6 is uh, salvation. To him who loved us and washed in his blood, and uh, uh, grace and peace. From him who loved us and washed us in his own blood and saved us from our sins, not in our sins. That's salvation. Then verse seven, second coming. Every eye will see him, they also which pierced him. Um, And then the next one after that, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. That's the Sabbath. Then verse 12, I was among the lampstands. Yes, it's the seven churches, but the metaphor also is the sanctuary. And the sanctuary is, um, is key in helping people understand specifically the contribution of Adventism, right? To the health message, which I went through earlier today. Then after that is Revelation chapter one, verse 16 through 18, which is the state of the dead. I was he who died and now I'm alive. I have the keys of Hades and of death, right? And then verse 19, him who was and is, and is to come. Was, is, is to come. That's prophecy. Past, present, future. The Bible is made up of 30% prophecy. And then of course it also talks about the spirit of prophecy. And then finally, the saints, or the seven churches. So that's the eight S's. What are they again? Salvation, the time, uh, the of Sanctuary, stay of the dead. Spirit Spirit of Prophecy, and the saints. Now, of those eight, these, by the way, are right in order of how you should cover them with somebody. Scriptures, salvation, second coming. Then what's next? Sabbath, sanctuary, state of the dead, Spirit of Prophecy, then the church. This uh, This is divinely inspired. I cover that with people in our lifestyle programs right after, I'm getting a little ahead of myself, but you can see after I'm going through this, I don't go through all this in the intensive lifestyle program, but I do, the, I do one through six and then I do um, Revelation one. By the time I get through one through six, um, you know, they're pretty convinced on wanting to be Christians and all that stuff. When they ask me about what Adventists believe, I give them Revelation one to read on their own. I give them the verses, one to three, four through six, verse seven, verse verse eight through 10, verse verse 12, verse 16 through 18, verse 19, and verse 20, and I say, see what you discover in these verses. Sometimes they figure out the main teachings. They can see them right there. (laughs) And when I show them that, I know right then whether or not they're gonna commit, recommit, or be a Seventh-day Adventist, I know. It only takes me 30 minutes. It doesn't take 24 to 30 tired evangelistic campaign sermons that I've heard thousands of times. It takes me 30 minutes and then I know, I know. And then I I also know what I need to do, what I need to study with them, okay? So, by the way, in these programs, the real big thing, and Tim touched on it a little bit, is love (laughs) when the people come to your program it's not just you it's not the doctor it's not the pastor it's the entire team if they understand that you love them um, and they sense that by how you spend time with them well let me just show you some of these things they're going to they're going to respond to that and they say they say it to us all the time I didn't sense any condemnation here all i sense was that you were educating us and loving us and they are very 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 interested in whatever you have to say about faith um that yes you know you said after 30 minutes by now you can kind of yeah but they're going to commit us do you ever decide at that point that someone is not worth continuing studying with someone? No, like no one's God. not worth, but they're going to not take worth. a little longer. Not, it's going to take worth. longer. Not worth, well, I mean, situation where you think this person is really resisting, what, to take a totally different approach rather than continue to study with Well, I continue to meet with them. Look, I can talk about stuff without God talk. Mm-hmm. I've had to learn how to do that. I can talk about God without God talk. They don't even know I'm talking about God. And you're gonna see that tonight when I go through the Ten Commandments presentation. Uh, because the Ten Commandments, I've, I've learned how to use those without people knowing that. And, and they don't know it until I'm done or whenever I wanna tell them. But once they see it, then they really see it. I'll show you that tonight. Okay, so we only have an hour this time. Unless I'm west, I'm gonna go two hours and talk while everyone's eating. But um, so uh, <laughs> uh, this is like a pressure room because you can't really go over, right? Um, so this is what I want to cover with you, scientific excellence, sacrificial service, sufficient time, spiritual pathway established, source of authority, Sabbath celebration, sequence of scripture and seriousness of topic. That's what I think you really need now let's look at them more closely one at a time. Scientific excellence, like I said you know we have so much science now over 500 articles uh, and we have big huge documents like one of my favorite books is uh, Religion and Health by Conig. It's from Oxford University, and it's got like 3,000 studies in it. Um, we utilized in my churches for a long time, for, for 15 years, for, I used the CHIP program, and had really great results with that um, in my church in Wichita, had uh, over 1,000 people went through, 10% of them became church members, 70 direct baptisms and everybody was friends in the business community, the church community, the medical community, the general public. And they all, they, they saw our church as the place of healing, as a place where all these disease processes could get reversed. It was like a lifestyle program. And we did it like four times a year. And we were so consistent that of companies started to refer people to us. In fact, one day... Um, One guy was talking to me and he says, you've helped me so much, he was an engineer, would you talk to my company? I said, sure. I said, where do you work? He said, Boeing. I said, all right. I go there, I walk into this room, there's eight physicians all dressed in their little zoot suits, uh, you know, their white suits and stethoscopes and everything. And and I brought Dr. Mills with me, we made a presentation. They said, we'd like you to work for our company. We have 30,000 employees and we could have both switched to work for them because they saw what was happening to their engineers. Their engineers were getting better. And then a Delta Airlines, this is a Delta Airlines pilot. His blood pressure went up, his blood sugar went up, his weight went up, and so he had to come down. So then his weight came down, his blood pressure went down, his blood sugar came down, and he could go back up. And he told everybody else there, and we had like 12 pilots that came through. Because we ran our church kind of like an inpatient program. Okay? And I think you should do that here, to be honest. Every fellowship meal should be a meal where people that are coming to your office would feel comfortable coming because they're going to get that food and they're going to get that fellowship and all that longevity. Run your church like a clinical program. If you do have people that are not vegan quite yet or whatever, have a special table for different groups and just mark it. And let people know. Uh, Nowadays, my church, we had none of that because... After education, they didn't want to do that anymore. They, they wanted to eat healthy. Um, so, you know, you have so much evidence. I mean, when I was first starting out, you didn't have this kind of evidence. I remember getting this fax to me, a fax machine. They sent, Dr. Deal sent this to me by a fax. And this was that guy who's that surgeon in the, the picture before, he was a breast surgeon at a Cleveland Clinic. He couldn't have surgery because he was so messed up, his heart disease. But this is his left anterior descending artery. And then this is after three years. And look at all the collateral circulation. And look at the lumen of the artery. It's much larger. So his perfusion certainly comes back everywhere. And he's, he's better. This is what can happen in your church. This is a picture of confession and repentance. This is a picture of changing your mind. That's what metanose means, to change the mind. That's what repentance means. So you change their mind through education. They change their diet. It changes their whole physiological structure. But make make no mistake, it starts with their mind, right? Um, And this is 10 days. Put on a statin uh, 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 initially, but then it goes down. Cholesterol goes down and you keep it down. And then you have, this is a positron emission tomography. This is a PET scan. And it's showing the perfusion is increasing in just 10 days. And that's what happens in your programs. And when people come, they literally are getting smarter right in front of you. And don't don't mistake that. Ellen White says in the book, uh, Education, where it talks about temptations, uh, how to help those who are tempted. She says, the stupid, stolid, sluggish, she uses three S's. I loved it. I was like Ellen White calling people stupid, stolid, and sluggish. I mean, how beautiful. Uh, but the, the, they will come back. They will be revived. And she has all these I, these will statements. Because they're doing the will of God. This is my first wife, only wife, Luminita. Welcome. Um, and yes. Yeah, please. Lay it on me. So that's Oh, that's a statin drug, but, so they, they Lipitor is something else. But they, they get it down rapidly because when your cholesterol is way up, you know, it's kind of dangerous, so they'll, they'll take it down. But it's sustainable. Uh, those changes can happen with diet as well. And if you don't, if you have liver problems and whatnot, most physicians would say it'd be easier on your liver not to do the Lipitor and these different things. Yeah, one of them is, uh, is this is a picture of a vessel. So one's before the treatment, one's after the treatment. The left is before the treatment, and the red section will be the perfusion is, and the right is after the treatment, and that's the, now the broadening of the area of, of perfusion or, or circulation or blood flow. It's the, same, it's the same picture? It's the same artery. It's just one is closed, and then 10 days later it's open. So it really, 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 really can change, rapidly, uh, positively. Depression, Uh, this is another program that started out of a local church, by the way, Um, and Dr. Nedley was seeing patients in Oklahoma. He called me up, he goes, what should we talk about in terms of the spiritual things? So I'd give him Bible studies over the phone, and then he'd give Bible studies to his patients. And he said, man, that's really working. And then we started working together, And we've worked together now, I don't know, how long, dear? Almost as long as we've been married. Not quite that long. You've been working on me longer than Dr. Nedley. Um, So, uh, (laughs) yeah, so um, 17 years now. Um, And, you know, this is some initial scores. that People would come in with severe um, anxiety, depression, and then the, the yellow is when they started out, and then... The red is after they just 10 days and now all of these hit categories are published in the in the uh, literature circadian rhythms frontal lobe medical hits toxic substances um, nutrition addictions and before and after shots what's happening in the the education Um, and how people's lives are completely changing. So scientific excellence. And by the way, you can start doing research in your own group. We had people going through our CHIP programs in our church, and we started to develop some scientific studies, and we could show people that in our church, scientifically, you're going to get better. You attend my church for five years, this is what's going to happen with your heart disease, your diabetes, and all this stuff. Welcome to our church. We are the true Christian scientists. Amen. <laughs> uh, and then sacrificial service. Sacrificial service is basically the special sauce. Uh, it's a very uh, money and profit driven fee for service business. Medicine is these days. No. And, uh, and so you don't want to do that in your church. Uh, Jesus did healing for free. He didn't take MasterCard or Visa. They only had to pay attention. So. Our, our, our members would sacrifice of their time. And as they sacrifice their time, this is what gets people's attention. You you worked all day and now you're helping me at this program tonight. Um, and you can see the delight of these people's faces. Jean Applegarth, she and her husband uh, joined our church and they are of another denomination. One of five, I think, couples that joined our church from other denominations who were pastors during that time in Kansas. Um, disinterested benevolence. Often misunderstood, people think it means to not say anything to anybody and just do nice things for them. But really what it means is um, that should those connected with this enterprise descend from the exalted principles of present truth to treat people only for the recovery of health, then you don't have any blessing with that. The only way you get blessed is you actually talk about God. You're so interested in them that you will talk about God. I'm learning that also in dealing with people with LGBT and homosexuality and other things. For a time, I would not talk about anything because I was worried that we would get, be taken you know, before the government officials and stuff because we were in California. But now I've learned how to talk about things with that, and it's actually more loving to do that than not. Because if you really love someone, you're gonna talk about things that they're doing that harm them. Um, And we had about 10%, just like the lepers, one out of 10 came back to thank, say thank you. And they made a difference between being catharzo, which is mean cathartic, to be cleansed, to be sozo, to be made well. And 10% in the CHIP program, but now in our programs with Neil and I, we've worked together so much, my right arm really works well. And it scratches the head and hits the head sometimes when it needs it in the body. and. We have anywhere from 50 to 70% of people that go through our programs now that are making decisions for Christ in the church. Sometimes, I mean, and we'll have 20 people in a program. So um, it's, it's uh, really kind of amazing. Number three is sufficient time. Now, sufficient time within an inpatient program is. You know, the 10 days, we're taking a hot tub with them. We're exercising with them. We're having a potluck with them. We don't call it that. But we're having meals every day with them. We're having a cooking school. We have everything you do in our church. In your church, we have it in 10 days. And we have counseling. And they visit with the pastor for three hours. They visit with me for three hours. In 10 days. So I have an initial visit with them of 30 minutes. Then I have another visit of one hour. Then I have another visit of an hour. Right? And then another half an hour if we need that. Many times we don't because they feel so much better. And so Dr. Nedley is presenting various subjects. I'm presenting various subjects. We have those dovetailing with each other. We have three CBT counselors. And one, we have two doctors and then me. He's got got a fellow, so he's always training someone. And I'm always training, you know, anywhere from three to five students sometimes 10 students. So when I'm visiting with people, I'll talk to them and I'll give them an assignment and I'll have the student study with them. I know what the student can handle. I know what they can't. I've learned what to give them and what not to give them. So I don't have to have any students. It's easier without students. But I fill one of our jobs, just like in those quotes that you covered and I covered, our job is actually to be training people because I'm getting old. This is, I know it looks like I dyed my hair, but this is actually authentic. Um, uh, sufficient time. Sometimes my members would come to me and say, you know, this is we're doing this for four weeks out of a month. We're doing that four times a year. That's a lot of time, Pastor. And I said, yeah, and if they accept our message, they're going to live with us eternally. Let's think about all that time. And they would kind of go back, you know, and reevaluate. Significant interaction. Look, most people sit next to people, they say nothing about nothing, and really makes no difference at all. You need to know why you're talking about what you're talking about and when you're talking about. You need to know where you are in the field. I just showed you those eight S's, okay? That's one way to know where you are in the field. I'm always trying to figure out what someone's source of authority is, where it is they think that they get saved, all this kind of stuff but I'm, I always know where I am on the field with somebody and I'm always trying to go to the next step with them. Um, and you've got to know that. And you have to be teaching the people in your intensive program that. So I made actually back in, in Wichita, I made a manual that actually had what they're supposed to talk about at their tables. Okay, this is, this is night one. This is what you should talk about and then I'm going to ask you about that and we're going to pray about that. Don't go into the kitchen and talk to your friends. No, 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 no. You're here for a reason. We're not just, you know, it's like a basketball team that goes there and just kind of like maybe they're, uh, you know, not dribbling the basketball towards the hoop. No, 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 no. No, we're going that way to get a goal. Does that make sense? So you have to be intentional. Not detentional, it has to be fun too. It is fun. I mean, hanging out with me is fun, really. Well, my wife might disagree, but uh, everyone else will, they don't know any better. So, yes. Yes. Yeah, so you were talking about, you actually made a manual to yes. you what they yes. Can you give examples of what your prophets are? So yeah, can... no, I can. It's all right in here. You can download the manual and everything else if you want to copy of that. And you can also get those uh, Prophecies of Health and Hope you can download. And then, uh, yeah, but I can give you an example. For instance, you know, the first time they, the first day they're at the table, they need to know people's names and everything about their family they can learn. I ask them that. What's the names of the people? What's their family number's name? What's, you know, what's their occupation? What's their religious background? And I give them ways to talk about that. Then I say, make a notebook. In the notebook, I want you to write down everything that you learn the next time. And then make a prayer journal for them. I wanna see your prayer journal. I wanna see that you're praying for those people. Because you're responsible for this table. There's two members at this table and the rest are non-members. You are responsible to stay with that table. I don't want you in the kitchen too long. No, 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 no. You're here to meet those people. Does that make sense? You're not just here. (laughs) You know. Um, Significant interaction. Without a living faith, it's impossible to make an influence felt in a skeptical world. So significant interaction is also with God. So let me give you this clue. Uh... You don't have to write down everything someone says once you understand this principle. This is Isaiah chapter 50, verse 4 and 5. Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. Who gives me the tongue of the learned? Who does that? Yahweh Elohim, the judge who also is the relationship builder. So he's He understands what the person needs to hear and how to say it in a relational way. He gives me the tongue of the Lord that I should know how to speak a word in season. And some things you say at the right time, sometimes you don't say. To him who is weary, now listen to this. He awakens me morning by morning. Don't buy an alarm clock, a watch. When I learned this text, I just threw all those away. Because he just wakes me up and he'll tell me what to say and he does. He does it all the time. It is amazing. I I, I could tell you so many stories, but I'm just in there and I get goosebumps because I know that God just told me what to say to that person. I get done with a visit. I go back and write it down. It's so good. I didn't come up with it. God came up with it, and I know he did it for that person. He didn't do it for me. He did it for that person, and I'm the recipient of seeing what God's doing for that person. I'll go back and write it down. Right, but, and then here's another one. Ephesians chapter two, verse eight through 10. For by grace are you saved through faith, that not of works, lest any man should boast. But we're created in Christ Jesus for good works, was he prepared beforehand that you should walk in. So not only does he tell you what to say, he also tells you what to do. It's already prepared. So I just have to be connected and then I can be directed that make sense? Your team has got to learn this and you got to model that for your team. And by the way, when you're successful, your buildings will be a joke to God. There'll be not enough room to hold everybody that comes. On so large a scale did he conduct his work in healing that there was no building in Palestine large enough to receive the multitudes that thronged to him. Our small dinky churches like Pioneer Memorial Are a rebuke. Really? You only have 3,000 people there? He had thousands because of what was happening. Um... Excuse me, but are you still on significant time? Significant interaction. Interaction? And that significant interaction, this is another thing, always comes down to the one sole audience. Okay? Always. Always remember that. If you think, oh, we have a great program because there's 100 people here. If you don't have people reaching out to them one-on-one, that's a curse. More people is less effective. Don't think I'm just taking a picture for the, for the Lake Union paper. No, no. No, 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 no. You need to have those Nicodemus moments and those woman at the well moments. So I'm trying to teach my people. How do you get into a one-on-one interaction? This is too many people here even. Let me take you to Apple Valley and show you how to shop for what we're cooking. Let me take you to Walmart and show you on a budget from Walmart what foods. Come to my house and let me show you my kitchen. (laughs) Remember this, dear? I remember the first time I invited someone to our house. I called her up and said, look, I'm bringing Margie over to see what our kitchen looks like. She goes, what? She goes, give me, give me an hour. And we walked in, and I walk in. And the kitchen, and didn't even look like, I thought I was in a different house. There was, it looked like Whole Foods. There was all these bulk foods and stuff. And I'm like, whoa, look at this. And she's going, my wife. <laughs> like, if you say anything, I'm going to kill you. The, I opened up the refrigerator. Oh, man, it looked like, oh, it looked like, yeah. And I didn't say anything. And I looked in the trash can. and It was full of all the stuff that shouldn't have been You know, and and this is what happens with health evangelism as well. You do it and it helps you. But getting people into this one soul audience where you start to get to know them, how many think that might be a good idea? Um, So personal labor, personal interviews, the one soul audience. Personal, one soul audience. No substitute for that. It could be the nurse. It could be the receptionist. It could be the person at the table. But you got to get down to this one sole audience. I'm just talking about how to make inpatient programs effective. We know we we have them do thank you cards. This is how we know whether or not this was happening. We have them fill out a thank you card at the end of every program and say, was there anyone or anything that impacted you that you want to share and say thanks for? So I have I don't know how many cards. I got all kinds of cards in a box where I can go back and I can say, yeah, I connected in this way with that person. And sometimes you'll see trends over time. For me, it's like, I liked your humor, but you were serious. You had serious joy. That was my best comment. You are serious about joy. I was like, yes, I like that. (laughs) Or joyfully serious. (laughs) Then you establish a spiritual pathway. So the spiritual pathway, it's what looks like this let this mind be in you that was in christ jesus so the holy spirit it's the uh, you know the spiritual nature and it manifests in three ways reason conscience and i would put under conscience uh, john 16 8 instead of that text reason come let us reason together your sins be like scarlet they shall be as wool Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. If you are willing and obedient, you will eat the good of the land. Right? In a health text. And then after it's reasonable, it makes sense. I know that's right. The person that says, it's worth my time. I'm going to do that. It's worth my time. This is what's happening in every lecture that you give. Everything. They should be saying, that makes sense. It's right. I want to do it. It's worth my time. If that's not happening, not much is happening. Does that make sense? So this is the Holy Spirit. That's how the Holy Spirit works. Let this mind be in you. But it's fighting against genetic vulnerabilities, visiting the iniquities of the fathers upon the children. Epigenetic vulnerabilities, we might say and genetic manifestations, because your genes don't change for a long time, but your epigenetics can change whether or not they're turned on or off. And that's why a sermon and a presentation and everything can be so powerful, because they can make a decision that turns off those bad genes from being you know, expressed. Does that make sense? You're not gonna change the genetics in your program, and it takes a century to change those, but you're, you're gonna change that expression of genetics. It's called epigenetics. And this is fighting against the flesh. This is the selfish things and this is what you're warned against. Centralism, egoism, materialism, what does that mean? I want it, egoism, I can afford it, materialism, and it feels good, centralism, and that's what I want. And that's what's behind every bad choice that's leading into your mental health or your physical health program. Somebody somewhere said, I want it, I can afford it, and it feels good, that's what I want. And maybe they didn't know any better. Does that make sense? So when someone says, what do I feel like eating? That's the foundation for probably a bad meal. Right? Whereas it say, what should I eat? Does that make sense? So you got this great controversy. It's not a book. It's between that upper section and the bottom section. And this is a spiritual path. So you got this great controversy. And how do you break the tie between those? Everything depends on the right action of the will steps to Christ page 48 but John one thirteen, and 12 and 13 as many as received him to him he gave right to be called the sons of God as many as believe in his name they believe not according to the will of man or the will of the flesh but of God in other words they're going not my will but so that's a choice not my will but the, and by the way what's it say in Luke 17 <coughs> Or is it 22.17 or 17.22? I always get those confused. When Jesus prayed that prayer, not my will but thy will be done, an angel came and strengthened him. So if you say, not my will but thy will be done, this is the secret behind AA. They don't know it. That's an angel that comes to strengthen you. Does that make sense? Yeah. You said that. John sixteen eight. John 16, 8. Yeah, the Holy Spirit when it's come will convict of sin and of righteousness and judgment to come. In other words, sin what's wrong, righteousness what's right, and it matters judgment to come. Okay, so the will. This helps you. Choose you this day who you will serve, Joshua twenty-four fifteen. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you both the will and to do, Philippians two, twelve and thirteen. So the will, and then what follows the will, the thoughts. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal but mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds, for the casting down of imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God bringing every thought into the obedience of Christ 2 Corinthians ten three to 5 and then what follows that? I will choose it I will think it, then I will feel that way. And I like uh, what is it? Third, 1 John chapter 3 verse 20 better than these texts. It says, if our hearts condemns us, God is greater than our hearts and knows all things. So if our heart condemns us, he's greater than our hearts and knows all things. A lot of people live the opposite way. Right? They live feelings, thoughts, and then I will. But we need to live what? I will, and then my thoughts, and then my feelings follow it. And can you see then that when you choose, you're choosing the reasonable, the Holy Spirit-oriented, the worship things up there instead of the sensualism, materialism, egoism. So, um, yeah. Look at this. Now study this for a minute. This is so important. Read it with me. Those who are willing to inform themselves concerning the effect of sinful indulgence upon the health and who commence the work of reform, even if it be from selfish motives, in so doing place themselves where the truth of God may find access to their heart. So they can come to your program selfish, self-absorbed. I want to look better. I want this. I want that. All self-stuff. And so welcome them because they, that's a sign of the Holy Spirit. Never say, oh, we gotta do the health program because then they'll be open spiritually. No, they're open spiritually if they came to the health program. They're, it's, they're, you're already talking, a, a, if someone wants to better themselves, that's the Holy Spirit. Amen. That is not anything else but that. So don't, don't say, I'm gonna do this and then we'll do the spiritual and we've learned that the hard way because you know over time when i when i was working in kansas um well when i was at the seminary and i was working at the er i thought i had a temporal millennium with people except for if they were dying one of my fellow workers when i went to kansas we had a month i thought that was rushing it then i went to afco amazing fact center of evangelism be the director there and i had four months and i thought oh man that's you know or and then i got to working with 10-day programs I only had 10 days. And then I realized I have to be very efficient. No word can be lost. I have to be knowing what I'm doing like a surgeon does when they go in. You know what? And, and I am much better at that, much better. And it's something that can be learned. Does that make sense? So uh, be, they're open though. That's what I want you to see. Then the spiritual path is established, and then they're gonna ask the question, what's the connection between this and your church? I'm recommending, you know, this, this is, you know, what I do for that in a sense. I teach all my students this. They have to have their ability to go Daniel one through six with people. I do it interactively. There are, you know, are scripts on here that I show exactly how to go through Daniel. And the reason I don't, um, I don't. I teach them how to do it, and then I don't do it. I watch them do it. I would have your members do Daniel one through six with people. I would leave Daniel seven through twelve for the pastor. <laughs> Pastors sometimes want to, do, but I would. Uh, you know, you need to get familiar with it. But I try and get members involved. Members, if they're giving studies, they like that, and they and and they get on fire. They also get on fire if you let them get in the baptismal tank with you and help baptize the person. So the more you can include them, the better. Does that make sense? Because I'm just saying that. So each of these then has a health lecture, little health lecture, which I have, usually a a health person do, and then a Bible study that's led in an inductive fashion, inductive fashion. This is right during the intensive program too, okay? So like if we're doing a 10-day intensive lifestyle program, I have worship in the morning and in the evening. The first lectures that I give, number one is on hope. You, I should probably give you a list of these, but number one is hope. Number two is music. I don't bring people into a program and just start singing hymns. They're gonna think, that, they're gonna think, at least the people I work, many of them are atheists, agnostics and stuff, and you start singing hymns, you better explain what you're doing. Okay, so what I do is explain, first of all, what music does to every part of the brain. It wakes up your brain. I explain that. Then I show how the Bible has a hymn book called the Psalms and how those Psalms were like playlists that went along. The five sections of the Psalms go along with each of the five books of the Pentateuch. Did you know that? The songs were not just songs, oh let's just sing that, no no they go along with the stories. And then there's a playlist, the top playlist is Psalm 120 to 134, which is the songs of ascent, not descent. it's not depression, it's depression recovery and you're ascending. And each time it says Selah that means kick it up a notch, go up another step. That's what it means, boo, 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 It's not like, yeah, no, and you don't hear birds that are singing like that either, Yeah, no. That might be in Gaza, but that's not the birds. And so you're bringing them up, and then they see that, and then I say, look, the hymn book is like that. Every single hymn, if you understand it, is largely a depression recovery song. You were lost, but now you're found. Oh, love that will not let me go. Kind of like a country western song. I lost my, my girlfriend or whatever. And you're coming out of it. So every single one. You, you, you need to tell the story of the song you're singing. And if you don't know the story, don't sing that one. Especially when you're starting out. Because then they see it. And I have atheists going, Oh love, that will not let me go. After And they're crying. Because they see that this person lost their girlfriend and they lost their Sister and then you know, George Matheson who sang that song. You gotta know the song. So you're teaching them. And don't let the members get up there and go. Don't just say any member's gonna lead the songs. Please. Educate the people on what they're doing. These are powerful medications. And if they're misused, they're gonna, they're gonna hurt your patient just like anything else. Okay. Am I running out of time? How much time do I have? 12 minutes? Okay. Source of authority. So source of authority. Uh, The Bible, of course, is a source and science is a source. But look at this. I showed you this already. The concept of an orderly world as the Zeus from a rational, consistent God of the Bible provided the basis for belief in the cause and effect concept of science. The gods of paganism don't have that. They would just create new gods for every problem and that's why when Chinese medicine and whatnot give you an ancient Chinese secret, it doesn't help you that much. They they didn't really have longevity. Now you think so over here because they think that's what integrated medicine is. Uh, No, it's not, it's not that helpful. In fact, science did not originate in those cultures. Um, Science originated in the Bible. The oldest scientific study according to the New England Journal of Medicine is Daniel 1. But look, here's the evidence. These are the world leaders in science. Um, All these are different countries that have various science going on. China has a bunch of science, but it started through connection with America. Look how many studies a year come out of of the US, 17,000 a year. The the next one up is like 6,000, and that's in China, and they all go down, but look, it's a powerhouse. Why is America such a powerhouse of science? Because it was a Protestant nation, and Protestantism lay the foundation for the vast development in natural science. If you want to read a book that really goes into this, The Bible, Protestantism, and the Rise of Natural Science, all of our natural science majors have to read that, all our pre vent students. And it's not for the faint hearted, and it's a lot of money, it costs like 60 bucks. So I didn't buy it, I had a member buy it for me. So, because they had the gift of earning and I had the gift of spending. So, um, (laughs) I'll That's a joke, really, folks. Members, if you're watching, that was a joke. I I apologize. Um, So, a literal reading of the Bible led to a literal reading of nature and the birth of modern science. And this is what happened in the Protestant Reformation. People like Sir Isaac Newton, um, the literal exegesis of the Bible during the Protestant Reformation actually led to studying nature the same way and the scientific method was sophisticated. Spirit of Prophecy, this is Colin Campbell, had the most, most voted years of research of any researcher in his generation and probably even now. What's he say about Alan White? I'm convinced 100% of her statements are now substantially supported by scientific evidence. I've come to realize that this is mislaid off shelves, what we need to do is tell people about it. And so once you go along, people, I start to cover what Ellen White said. She has four major health visions. Those four visions you should know backwards and forwards. But one of them you should know, especially if you're starting a sanitarium, and that's the Christmas vision that talks about sanitarium work. it goes all through that, and it gives you all kinds of clues about what to do with setting up a sanitarium. You need to read that and have your black belt in that. Then Sabbath celebrations. I have a physician who preaches on Sabbath. They preach the sermon or a scientist and I do the Sabbath school. We have them come for a fellowship meal. And uh, when our lifestyle program's the first Sabbath, it's too soon to take them to church. The second Sabbath is when I take them to church. The first Sabbath, we do stuff internally for them. The second Sabbath, we bring them in. We have special music for them. We have a concert for them. We have uh, everybody up front is someone who's been serving in the clinical program so they know the people up front and we make sure that that day is, I, I, I try, I think probably some of my best sermons ever preached are in those days because I'm trying to do something that not only reaches the congregation but also reaches the people and the whole church knows that. They know that the people there, and then we have a baptism afterwards of many of those people. They know that this is the first time people are in an Adventist church. And this happens about eight to 10 times, I mean, maybe 20 times, 20 times a year at Weimar, but when we started out, it wasn't that way. You think Weimar is always like that, that? No, I'm telling you, it was, it was pretty dead when we got there, to be honest. There wasn't even a church on campus. No church, none of that. So, and the sense of belonging has rapidly developed. These are some of the people that came and then ended up becoming members back in my church in Kansas. Um, let's see here. Is there anything else? Let me just escape. And... Yeah, these are some of the folks. Sequence of Scripture. I've shown you that. Daniel 1 through 6. And then... Um, The Exodus, God's foreknowledge. Daniel 1, the oldest clinical trial. Daniel 2, relationships and health. These are the science things I cover along with the the story. The importance of prayer and being connected with God. And I go through the studies on prayer. And then facing fear and anxiety. That's Daniel 3. And then Daniel 4, thoughts, CBT, and the Holy Spirit and testimony. And Daniel chapter 5, How to have victory over addictions or the flesh. So I do an addiction lecture. And then how to handle the holidays. Because Daniel had 30 of them in a row and almost killed them. So how do you handle the holidays? How do you get through those holidays? And I look at all the science of how people can get through holiday times. This is not not a small lecture. It's not unimportant. How do you get through the Thanksgiving season, Christmas season, and all these seasons where all the food is designed to kill you. Right, um, And then the seriousness of the co- topic. Doesn't matter how good your program is, all the people that attend your program are going to die. Jesus doesn't come. So you need to talk not just about a life, but eternal life. Not just about death, but avoiding the second death. And so that's kind of an overview of what I would say about a lifestyle program. Any questions that you have? Oh, by the way, was that useful to you at all? Yes. Stuff on it. Uh, well, I guess they don't you guys post the PDFs and stuff? Yeah, no, this is uh, recorded. So it's also recorded. And you it's also have, recorded. A PDF or something I'll like send that. you guys a PDF that they can put up with that. We can do so yeah. So you can get a PDF of this. But this, uh, they only gave me an hour, and I'm not like the previous speaker and going over into. Yeah, 10 more Oh, I've got 10 more minutes. So let me answer your questions. You might have some questions. Questions, concerns, or is it time to take up an offering? (laughs) So is it a good idea then when we start our clinic to invite somebody like you to to show us how to do it? What I would say starting your clinic is you should send some people to my four-month program, a couple people, sponsor them to come out and go through and see how we do all this. Because then they would go through our... Well, they would go through our programs, and there's nothing better than actually seeing what happens and, and, and experiencing that. But I would recommend sending you know, several people out to that. Of course, we can come out and talk, but uh, an example is worth far much more than someone coming out to talk. Uh, so right now, we're training 22 students. Um, oh, exciting. Adventist Health, six hospitals. Uh, CEO of six hospitals, is sending a bunch of people to train to go into his hospitals, to work in the hospitals. Then he told his boss, well, this all happened out of uh, and I, and I, and I, I don't want to say things that would minimize the importance of everybody, but anyway, then someone else sent their daughter that was related to him and now this is the the leader of all the hospitals in that system is, I'm having a meeting next week with them. I believe that God is trying to bring a revivals in some of these health systems where they see that these things are not going the right way and they want them to go the right way. Mm. And so now this guy, he sent me a check for $150,000 to send 25 students through my program. So how much does it cost to send a person to, through your program? It's a $10,000 program, $9,000. But that's room and board and Before plus... four months. And that's listening to Dr. Nedley and myself and getting an introduction on how to do the depression recovery program and how to do the Newstart program. And everybody has to learn how to cook 25 recipes and everybody has to learn all my studies that I do, like all this stuff I went through, they have to go through all that and they have to do it with somebody they have to coach people. And so, yeah. not as much as Tim Reisenberger he had 40 gallons <laughs> so does the, the video that you have yeah. does that go over what you described here yes yeah, so it goes over the piece of it that has to do with the book of Daniel verse 1 through 6 and so yeah so it's better than the internet because if the internet goes down you can still watch a DVD <laughs> but you can download on Prophecies of Health and Hope as well um you can you can get them from there uh these are though very cheap because i'm trying to get rid of them <laughs> yeah so the training that you do is for people to kind of organize and and help promote and speak and coach and things like that yeah Not people who are doing the hydrotherapy or the no weather. the hydro and all that stuff you need training on that too um and You know, we have people that cycle through to learn all that. And we do teach them that in our program. We teach uh, natural remedies. We teach hydro. We teach the basics of hydro and massage. And we show the different protocols for uh, natural remedies for colds and all that kind of stuff. And then when they rotate through the depression recovery program, they see that's not that complicated. It's very simple in hydro for that because it's three times of hot and three times of cold, 104 degrees or 102 degrees for three minutes and then the cold for one minute. And you just do that. And then we do that two times a day for our guests. And that's basically the hydro, so that's not very complicated. But we do teach some other things where they learn hydro as well. And we have natural remedies and different things they learn as a part of that. Well, the training is, uh, what is it? August through December. Although we might go back to two sessions again, they're talking about that, but I'm adding in a mental health section because we serve a lot of mental health people. So I'm I'm gonna be adding some intensives. So I I think the mental health piece is very important because if your head is right, then everything else gets right. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people that most people that come through these clinical programs that have physical issues, it started with a relational or a mental health issue. So, I've learned over time that you know, they might be hypertensive or this or that, but maybe they have terrible relationships and all these different things are, are adding to ill health. So the mental health stuff is very important. Right directly yeah, Of course, yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Yeah. So, in your 10-day program or 18-day program, you have your guests that come from wherever, random background, some are Adventists and some are atheists and everything in between, and you take them all through Daniel 1-6 through 6 as a group? So, let me tell you, what, let me show you what I do. Uh, let me show you what I do in the 10-day program. So the 10-day program, uh, basically, and I didn't put this in a slide yet, but in the 10-day program, I talk about hope. I talk about music. I talk about um, love. I talk about shame, which is the way to push away love, and aces. I talk about, um, then I talk about forgiveness and anger, how to deal with those. Then I talk about the will, and then I talk about how to change negative thoughts, um, which I'm having a very negative thought about this pen. Um, The uh, uh, negative thoughts, so I talk about negative thoughts, which is essentially baptism. And I show with each of these lectures, okay, each of these lectures are a combination of science and scripture and I try and stay right here. Because if, they have both elements, but I want the most of the lecture to be here because I have believers on one side and I'll have atheists on the other side. And I want them both to have a place to live, but they both know they could go somewhere else if they wanted to. And then they start making that decision, usually three or four days into it. Does that make sense? Yeah. So after I do these basic lectures, then we have what's called a burning, which is kind of like a secular baptism, right? They burn all the negative. And then we come and we go Daniel one through six. Daniel one, two, three, four, five, six. This isn't a 10-day program, and then after that, then usually I know right then whether or not they're gonna be, what their interest level is. They'll usually ask me, what about your church? I give them Revelation chapter one, I give them John chapter three, and I give them Luke chapter three to study. Those are essentially, these are the basic doctrines of the Adventist church, this is how you're born again, and this is the basics of baptism. If they go through those and they say this is the right one baby uh-huh, my graduate student is going uh, through a doctrinal review sheet with them, the dr- doctrines of the church. If they've already been Adventists, they're coming back. They maybe left the church for 30 years or 10 years or 5 years and many of them are like that because they, they're coming out of it then they just need a doctrinal review and they're okay to be rebaptized. If they're not an Adventist they may not be ready but some of them are. I've seen people ready in 10 days, and in the, the ER program, and then 18 days for the new start program. Does that make sense? So this is the overview, basic, and then this is uh, Daniel, and then this is uh, testing truths. Now, these people when they're done, okay, I'm then staying in touch with them and follow up on the phone or on Zoom, and I or. I I take them Daniel 7 through 12 and then Revelation 10 through 22. Because, uh, why is that important? Because the prophetic, the prophetic is what really grounds people as Seventh-day Adventists. I talked about that this morning, but the prophetic is what really does what? What did Jesus say when he was healing people in Luke 4? I'm going to heal all you and proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. So you have to tie it with prophecy. And health, by the way, is prophecy. It's Daniel 1. It's a 10-day prophecy. So, yeah. What does a 10-day course cost? Oh, you mean to come as an inpatient? About the same as my four-month training course. (laughs) So it's about $10,000 for 10 days, but $10,000 to come for four months for the training course that's uh, called the health program. Um, so can you read the blue once more because it's not fair. Oh yeah, no, sorry about that. This uh, so the very first thing is hope, and hope is always the most important thing to talk about. It's made up of two things: the will to live, and the way to live. If you don't have, you might have the will to live, but if you don't know how to live, that's just a wish. But we teach people the way to live in that ten-day program. It's a 22-week program, but We increase their knowledge of how to live and why they should live, and their hope scores go up by an average of 85%. And we've documented that through using, uh, you know, we've done analysis of that. We've done about 189 different studies on our database that are now abstracts in the scientific literature. Music, like I already told you about music. I always ask them for what their top five songs are, I want to listen to who their psychologists are and usually it ain't good, right? But then I'm explaining how to do it. Love, this is so powerful, Psalm 139, is then shame, this is Isaiah 53. Then forgiveness and anger, anger is Psalm 109 and Psalm 4. And then forgiveness, again, Isaiah 53. The will, Psalm 77, and the science. And then negative thoughts, reversing negative thoughts and baptism. Um, yeah. Folks, it is nothing short of miraculous to see what happens during this 10 days. I'm telling you what. <laughs> if you saw it once, you'd want to see it many, many times. It's just Amazing follow up to the basic column one there, you do that over the first two or three days? Yes, yeah, so music, love, how to deal with shame, and then forgiveness. Oh, one other thing, in between all of these, many times, I mean, there's other lectures that other people are giving, Um, and I should put in here your own testimony. Your testimony usually goes somewhere either here or here. And sometimes I do it sooner, depending on what the situation is. But this is where people really see how you came out of depression and anxiety, or you came out of whatever, you know. And we have everybody in our program share their testimony in some way. Because that's your most powerful thing. The most powerful thing you have is your testimony. It's not some scientific study. No. It's your testimony. Um, and you're sharing different pieces of your testimony at different times with people. Can you just go over the three testing truths again? Oh, you want me to go over this? Revelation 1 is the eight S's that I went through. Uh, John 3 is you must be born again of water and the Spirit. Spirit and born again. And really, reason, why am I covering that? Because this is a top leader in Israel. He's already been baptized. He's, 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 uh, he's the top of the top. And Ellen White says that our leaders, both pastoral and physicians, many times need to be rebaptized. And they don't believe that, so I show them something from the Bible. And Luke 3. Luke 3 has four groups of people that come out to be baptized. How many groups? Four groups. One, two, three, four. The first group doesn't ask the right questions, and they're called snakes, brood of vipers. And they're not asking the right question, which is, what must I do? All these other groups are asking, what must I do? And that's what you want, the spirit. What do I need to do? And then the first group, he says your clothes and your food need to change your money the way you deal with money your attitude and how you relate to power in the fourth group and all of these were then preparation for again rebaptism rebaptism everybody in that era was baptized almost they went they were baptized every time they went to the temple when you went to the temple in Jesus day you had to go down into a bath naked and come up. did not matter who you were. If you were a priest or you were a pauper. You always got baptized going into the temple, everybody. It's called a mikvah bath. And that's why they could have 3,000 people baptized in one day, because they had all the baths right there already. When they went out to John the Baptist, it was out in the wilderness and it was making a statement. We're not just doing perfunctory baptisms to act like we're holy. We're actually making a change and we just asked somebody to help us see what our blind spots are. They were asking John. He's a man. And he's saying, you got an issue with clothes and food. You got an issue with your tax collecting. You got an issue with using your power and authority in the wrong way. Does that make sense? So um, many times that's why people came to your program. They did something. They didn't do everything right. They're not coming to your program because they did everything right. Yeah? Yeah, Pastor Don, this sounds like a uh, seminar, you know, a 10-day seminar. You've probably given it several times. Have you ever done any recording of it, audio, visual, or written? Everything Everything but Braille. (laughs) Yeah. I mean. I don't read Braille. Well, never say never. Um, No. So, I mean, I'm giving you an overview right. of what I do. I'm only one piece right. of several pieces. The physician's lectures and all of that, um, they're dovetailing with what I'm doing. The psychologist or the CBT therapist, they're also dovetailing what I'm doing, and we have staff meetings. So we have, we have at least three staff meetings, and in those staff meetings, we get together and go through all the patient names, and we get the perspectives of one another, and we know what we're working on, and we're, we have a group chat or a text, and we know what we're doing, and we're working together. Um, and so the professionals have, have several meetings. One of them is on Wednesday night after we've seen everybody the first time. Um, and um, Wait, one of them is right after we see them the first time, and then that's the Thursday night before, and then on the Wednesday night, And then we're looking at the people that are on the move in terms of spiritual decisions, that's what I focus in on. Many times we're dealing with relational issues, husband and wife issues, uh, spouse, spouse issues, or many times parents and their kids. And so we're working through a lot of those issues, which I'll cover some of those tonight in my talk tonight. But it's very intense. It's like doing... It's like doing three years of pastoring in 10 days. So I'm nonstop, and it's like being in the zone. It's great. So I'm just going from one thing to the next, and people are on the move. I mean, they're on the move. Look, their frontal lobes are more awake than they have been probably in 10 years, maybe their whole life. They're being dipped in hot water, vasodilating and cold water, vasoconstricting. Their body becomes like an accordion. <laughs> things are going to places in their body they never went before or not to the same effect and they, they got zip in their lip, pep in their steps, spunk in their trunk and they're able to do stuff they never could do before and forgiveness for instance takes place in the frontal lobe and it's a, form, a function of executive function and if your brain is not working correctly, you can't forgive anybody. If you're not dealing with your stress correctly, indolamine is not being secreted and you can't make tryptophan into serotonin. You can't do it. So you have to learn how to deal with your stress. If you're not dealing with your stress, you're never gonna get over it, the depression. Does that make sense? So you're helping them with all these areas and they actually literally can do stuff they could not do three days before. Uh, Wes might be here soon to lecture, so I better close up. What what, was 22, that's the top. So you can bring a companion, yeah, it's 22. But I tell you what, so we're doing, I think, 10 of them this next year. We're training fellows, uh, so there's physicians coming through. We're training graduate students that would be ministers because there literally need to be hundreds of these. There needs to be one here. Isn't that why Sister Wife said they should be scattered all yes. around? Yes. Yeah, and you know, when she talks about sanitariums and homes, very good idea because i mean it's even smaller and more intimate but it takes it's intense you know we have 20 people and we have 20 workers so everybody's basically one-on-one i mean it's intense um, the, 10-day program. the 10-day program it's intense and now the- what you're doing here may not maybe initially will not be that intense you guys have all kinds of resources here you got that wellness center over yeah. on the university it's got a hot and cold treatment all kinds of stuff You got stuff that's amazing right here. You may or may not want to use it, but we used to run these things in hotels. We just rent a hotel. But what you want is you want to be able to watch people. You want them to be in a smaller confine. If they're, you got to watch what they're eating, who they're talking to, because they were doing a bunch of bad stuff. That's why they feel bad. So you gotta, you got to have a confine. I don't know exactly how it would work here. I don't know. Because you're right across the street from Taco Bell. <laughs> and you're right across the street from Subway. McDonald's is right next to You're right next to McDonald's. <laughs> I mean, this is not the ideal situation here in terms of the food. What's wrong with Subway? They'll have more clients. What's wrong with Subway? Yeah. Uh, look, brother, you can make anything wrong. I can, I'm a specialist at this. I know how to make wrong foods. Um, so. <laughs> And Adventists do too. You know they know how to be vegan, Good. vegan hippopotamuses. So they know how to do that. We're specialists at that. Oh, I know. I know. Yeah, Sugar is vegetarian, right? Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you for this time with these folks, and Lord, bless their plans here, mature them in this place to Your glory in Christ's name. Amen. Amen.